Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rambles Podcast. Today we start with the topic, will Sunny V2 ever respond to the backlash? So, after that controversy with Sunny V2, there was some speculation as to whether or not he'd respond. For example, this comment. Sunny always says that people should avoid controversy by not responding. He will 100% never respond to anyone about this and just continue making videos like it's nothing. And he'll 100% get away with it. I know what you mean by getting away with it. Very few people are ever truly sunk by some drama. Especially in the case of Sunny's video. Like, I remember when it was early on, when it first came out. It had like 80,000 likes and maybe like 5,000 dislikes. The, the video right now has astronomically more, I shall check. It has 170,000 dislikes now to 229 likes. But always remember that people are more likely to like something than dislike something. Even if they don't approve of it, they'll leave a comment saying I don't really like this rather than pressing dislike if they like the creator. But I'm saying like a lot of these dislikes probably came from people from Twitter. Not necessarily people who watch Sunny all the time. People who heard about the drama and wanted to click dislike. Sunny definitely lost a lot of reputation with people who didn't necessarily know him. And maybe with some people who watch his content. But not such an amount that it's going to sink his channel. The dude was getting like 50 million views a month or something. Like yeah, he's losing some subscribers. But like, this is not a heap of subscribers. Considering he's getting like 120,000. Remember, subscribers don't matter all that much, but a, a subscriber loss is representative of like a lowering of reputation. People not wanting to watch this anymore. I agree with Sonny's assessment, or at least in prior examples, where he says that people shouldn't respond to drama. If Sonny made a response, regardless of what he said, all that would happen is people will clown on him and double down on disliking him, and people will talk more about this for longer. Like on Twitter, at one point there was like maybe like 15,000 tweets about Sunny. Compare that to Genshin Impact right now that has like 200,000 tweets. In the grand scheme of the internet, people talking about this video for two days doesn't matter. He'll release the next video and move on. I'm obviously not that way. I like to respond to things. I like to say my piece. I don't think this is beneficial to me necessarily. I like to put the truth out there. I care about what people think more than I should. I think the overwhelming vast majority of people don't care. The overwhelming vast majority of people who watched that video just watched it, chilled, and, and moved on to the next video without giving it a second thought. As is the case with most people who watch any YouTube video. People aren't really thinking about the implications or exactly what is being said or why. People aren't like being like, why did Sunny choose these particular tweets? Which is an interesting question, because if you watch that video again, obviously the tweets that are being chosen are because he this is what he wants to be said. If you want to say something, but deflect it so people can't criticize you for it. Just find a tweet that says the exact same thing. That's a YouTube hack for you right there. The flip side is, do I think Sonny benefited from that video releasing? No. I think it was a stupid decision, but then again, you know my position on drama where I don't think the benefits are as pronounced as people like to believe, and they're certainly a lot, lot not long-lived. Probably made a ton of money. His videos normally get like three plus million views or something. A person making 50 million views a month doesn't need to start drama for an extra 0.1% of his revenue. I mean, I didn't recover the drama at the beginning of this because I do have that dedicated video to it. So if you're completely lost, go watch that video. Don't go watch his video though, because it sucks. Twitch sparks controversy by banning Loserfruit's harmless emos. So Loserfruit, one of the biggest Australian content creators, we have the same managers. She tweeted out that her loser emos was removed from Twitch. The reason? Disallowed content, targeted insults, bullying, and threatening or inciting abuse. It's funny because her name is Loserfruit. This just seems to be a huge reach. People don't need an L emote to communicate hostility 
or dislike of a person. This emote seems so tame. When I saw this, I assumed they were removing it because it could be used to spell things. Like, Twitch does not like that. If you have something that's directly a letter, which is what L is, not that I know what you would be spelling with L to get around moderation systems. But yeah, this is a dumb decision. Twitch has no consistency when applying rules. As with any system, it's often the case that what gets noticed gets cracked down. I'm sure there are many people out there on the platform right now that have emotes just like this that haven't been noticed or haven't been noticed by the right people. A rule existing doesn't necessarily mean that it is going to be applied and applied uniformly because people don't apply their attention uniformly. Twitch started going downhill when they banned my eggplant testicle emote. I think I, have, I think I remember that, Carl. That was the day. Mark that in the history books. Is creating drama the best way to grow your channel? Will asks, do you agree with this creator who says, there is two ways to get your content out there. One is to focus on your own content, making it better. Two is to try and provoke drama, making yourself seem like a victim. I don't agree with that. I mean, anything that puts your content in front of other people can be beneficial. It's just generally when you're starting drama, the people who are interested in drama, especially between two creators, aren't necessarily the kind of people who will be interested in your content. Especially when you're small, you don't want an influx of people who the algorithm is going to assume likes your content in general, but in reality, they're only there because there's some shit flinging, right? It'll confuse it and the algorithm will start giving your videos to those same people. All of them will ignore it and your click-through rate will be terrible. Like I could totally see how a drama started in a small community could provide some benefit because the only people who'd be interested in that drama would be people who watch that kind of content. Let's say the drama between me and Friendly Baron. We both did GTA content. We're both speedrunners. It is certainly the case that more people learn of each other through that drama. But as I often say, the non-material realities of drama weigh you down. If you want a long career in this industry, you want to have a good mental state. And having endless people criticizing you and picking apart your life and stuff, that stuff's stressful. It's a negative weight that just hangs on you forever. There are better ways to interact with other creators that get your content out there than simply starting drama. And as I say, the algorithm just has a reach of billions of people, effectively. Any drama you're starting, especially as a small creator, is going to be cared about by effectively no one. Any effort you're putting into starting drama is probably effort better just spent making good content or reaching out to people of a similar size to yourself to collab or get your content on someone else's channel in some particular way like that. You got to know me because of that drama with Friendly Baron. Yeah, that's an example, right? I mean, I say a lot of this stuff in the first video in the reaction series. You can grow with drama, you can lose with drama, but rarely does it compare to just making good content. I think a great middle ground would be if there was a strictly friendly rivalry between two people, comparable to the Creator Clash, which is a boxing event. There is no actual beef. Everyone is working towards one goal to raise money for charity, but to also become more well-known people and garner attention. Yeah, it's a, it's a good example, I suppose, yeah. Positive interactions with other creators are good and better than drama. The end of the McDonald's ice cream machine curse. You guys know how McDonald's for the longest time, people would always complain like the ice cream machine was always down or being cleaned or broken or whatever, and there was some conspiracies around it that may or may not be true, whatever. In my country right now, McDonald's seems to have found a solution for this. They have now both chocolate and vanilla ice cream. So I'll sometimes go and be like, oh, I'd like an ice cream. And they're like, oh, we've only got chocolate right now. Is that okay? And you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. So it seems as though now they like alternate. So if they're having one cleaned, the other one's still available. 
So they're never lacking in ice cream because they always got one type. Do you guys have this in your countries? Because Australia is, as I've said before, the place where McDonald's usually tests their new stuff. No? Well, there you go, chat. This might be coming someday down the line for you guys, as long as it makes sense. They're making enough money off it and all that jazz. I wonder if you guys have the all-day breakfast yet. Like, you can get a hash brown and sausage muffin or whatever all day in Australia. During the breakfast menu, you can get yourself, like, a Big Mac if you want to. It's not the entire selection of stuff. Like, you can't get everything during the breakfast time and everything during the afternoon time, but there's a selection of both available in both times. Yeah, so that's come to you, you guys, yeah. We've had that for a really long time, and I think last time we talked about it a few years ago, you guys didn't have it. My secret way of knowing if I'm being scams. You know what's funny, chat? I've talked before about how I can distinguish fans from other people if they call me Matto, and I had that recently with an email. I was like, is this email a scam? Well, they did call me Matto, so maybe not. <laughs> It's like the opposite of that time that brand called me Nick. You call me Nick, you probably don't know jack shit about me. If you call me Matto, you're at least probably really familiar with my stuff. Because it's not like I refer to myself as Matto. It's not like you find that anywhere. You have to be like into like the Reddit recaps and stuff, like really into the community stuff to call me Matto. Although I suppose now, if, if people call me Nick, that can be the people even more in deep with my lore. Because of, it's, it's what, five years ago now, when a brand called me Nick. So, uh, yeah, I've been around for a long time to know that story. These videos are a must watch for time travel lovers. So I have talked before about how I like anything related to time travel or time loops and all that jazz. Especially thrillers along those veins. Like, I'm not into horror or thriller or whatever really all that much. But with time travel, love that stuff. And so I was introduced to two videos that are exactly what I'm looking for in that vein. The first one is called, A Man Goes to a Public Restroom and Gets Trapped in a Time Paradox. Stalled. And the other one is, A Man in a Time Loop Must Work with His Brother to Prevent a Catastrophic Fire. Exit Strategy. Now these are some weird titles for what are ultimately short films. And so I clicked into the channel and they're all called this. It's just like a random person and it will say, A young man tries to buy ecstasy for his disabled father. The reason why is dot dot dot. A young girl tries to save her dying father amid a world of genetically modified dot dot dot. And they're like releasing like one a day. How are they doing this? I've never seen the like before. How do they have so many actors? Is this like a group somewhere? World's best short films. Oh, submit a film. So I guess what, the, these are just people's passion projects that they've submitted to this group as a way to get recognition? How have you never seen this show? I, I, I surprisingly have not seen everything in existence. Regardless though, while none of these look appealing, these two videos were great, and I highly recommend checking them out. This is why I refuse to return phone calls. Generally speaking, I don't like to return numbers. People call me and then it's like, you know, this is a missed number, whatever, I don't usually return them. And sometimes I think to myself like, I might be missing out on something, like, it could be an important call that I've missed or whatever. And so yesterday I had one and I Googled it, couldn't find any information on the number. I'm like, I'm okay, fine, screw it. I'm just going to call them back. And I called them back and then it's a woman's voice and she said, hello. I'm like, oh, I got a call from this number seven hours ago and they hung up. And they just unnerved me something fierce. Like, who was this person? Why did they call me? And I think now, like, as a public figure, maybe I shouldn't be returning calls ever. Because what if it's just some random from the internet who thinks they may have found my number or something and is, is calling to find out. It, it just seems so sus. Wrong number? If it was a wrong number, why wouldn't they just say, oh, it was a wrong number? 
and hang up. For what possible reason could, could a person call me and then when I call back, just hang up once they speak to me? Like, I just, if it was a, it wasn't a scam number. It was a normal mobile phone number from Australia. And the like person around my age, they sound Australian. And this, these interactions unnerved the fuck out of me. Like, why the hell did I call this number back? I had to like psych myself up to calling back and it just bit me in the ass. Never again. I'm just of the view that if it was something important, they would have put it in email or they would have texted me. It just feels like actual phone calls are the domain of like scams now. This religious song will never leave my mind. So as you guys likely know, I am not a religious person, but there is one particular religious song that for some reason, whenever I hear it, it gets stuck in my head and I have to stop and listen to it because it's so good. It was a song that was introduced to me by Wreckful, uh, a streamer that I used to watch once upon a time who is uh, now deceased, unfortunately. He was a Jewish guy and that's probably why he knew of this song, but it's got 26 million views. It came out nine years ago. Let me just play a little bit for you. So it's called I'm Hashem Lo Yivne Beis. And because of the name, whenever I want to reference it, I can't. Because I'm not going to remember that name. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that Jewish song. So I don't know why I'm including this. I, it's just an earworm that has persisted now for many, many years. Is the Viper Rambles channel going as planned? So the Rambles channel has now received monetization, hooray. And it's looking pretty good. The ideal scenario is to have like one episode and then like a standalone video, which is usually like a longer ramble about something. I don't know how long this can be kept up though, because I don't ramble that much. Maybe I'll get Matt to start going through the VODs of me playing games again to pick out rambles. I'm not sure, but I don't want to like force content for the channel. I want good stuff to be there, but I think it's doing quite well. The thumbnails look pretty good. Unfortunately, the viewership is like probably less than half of what it was on the main channel. Again, highlighting that the channel that a video goes on does matter in terms of its reach. Because obviously there is at least 60,000 people out there who would want to watch this video if it was presented to them, but it's just not going to be presented to them. It's going to take some time for this channel to build up some sort of credibility. Does it suck that people's reach of their videos is somewhat hard capped by their already present level of success? Yes. Yes, it does. But obviously people can break through if the content is good enough. It's just obviously if you haven't proved yourself in the algorithm, you've got a huge uphill battle. A person who's already established can sit and look at paint dry and get a million views because it will just get that many impressions. But a new creator can make the best video of their entire career and it will sit there and go nowhere because just didn't get enough impressions. Do you think the Ramble channel will have further reach because it's focused on one thing? I'm not even sure a general commentary channel is focused on one thing necessarily. Do I think it has a chance to do better than it did on my main channel? I don't know. It's a good test to see. It's probably going to be about six months before we can find out whether like it will reach the same sort of audience it had on the main channel. But you got to understand, a lot of people when they click on a video aren't super interested in the video, but they're just clicking a video from someone familiar because they want something on. They're tired of looking for videos or they just want some background noise. They're like, oh, that's that dark viper dude. Oh yeah, we'll click that video and put it on. And certainly my rambles had some amount of people doing that, which they're no longer be able to do because the algorithm won't present these videos to them. Answering your most interesting questions submitted on my Discord. So I've made a section on my Discord now called Ask Me Anything where people can ask me whatever they want. And on occasion, when I got some time, I'm going to answer some of the questions and hopefully the good ones will end up in rambles. Where are my donation and sub alert sounds from? They are from the creator Bill Wurtz. He has like hundreds of jingles. And what would it be now? Like 
seven or eight years ago, I heard a small jingle in one of his videos and I'm like, that's what I'm going to use. And so when people sub now, it says, hell yeah. And that's where it's from. You'd all know Bill Wirtz from like the history of Japan and the history of the entire world, I guess. But he also has some very trippy music on his channel. What were you originally planning on becoming for your future self? As in, what were you studying for? Hope it's not too personal. When I was a very, very young child, I wanted to be a train driver. Loved trains. I had a friend who had like a train track thing where like model trains would drive around. When I went to university, I always just thought I'd end up in like the public sector, helping people in some community service role. I don't know. Didn't really plan it out that much. I just had an interest in psychology and I had nothing else to do after quitting my job repairing hearing aids. Hearing aids and hearing devices. If you had unlimited resources, money included, would you still stream and play GTA and stuff? I already have quite a bit of money. Arguably, there is little reason for me to continue. No, I don't, I don't have enough money to live the rest of my life or something. But what I mean is, I could stop right now and be pretty fine for quite a long time. And I don't, because I like doing what I'm doing. I like entertaining people. I find it very rewarding and satisfying. And there's still so many things I want to do. It's a fun job to have despite many of the annoying things in it, as is the case with any job. So I guess if I had unlimited resources, yes, I still probably would do exactly what I'm doing right now. Although maybe I do some things less. What are you most proud of accomplishing with your channel, the fame, community, videos? I don't know if there's one specific thing I'm proud of. It's more that I think it's cool a lot of the stuff that I've made, like pacifist and no damage and all the speed runs and stuff. And just in general, building up something a body of work that I think can be very entertaining for people to watch. Favorite game that you haven't made a video slash streamed it? What came to mind was all these old games on Sega, like Guns the Heroes and Revenge of Shinobi, but I do think I did stream them once upon a time, like like for, on one day when I just played random games from my childhood. I think there isn't a game that I enjoy that I haven't streamed at least once, even if it was a very long time ago, before any of you were around. What prompted me to start streaming? I learned of Twitch through an advertisement for a Hearthstone tournament. Not that I was going to participate in it, it was just a YouTuber who was like, oh yeah, I'm going in a Hearthstone tournament on Twitch. And I'm like, what the hell is Twitch? And I come over and I'm like, oh, this looks fun as hell. And so I started streaming and I streamed UTD and Warcraft 3 custom maps, which of UTD is a Warcraft 3 custom map, a tower defense game. And I needed something to stream and uh, I liked watching speedrunners. So I was like, I'm going to find someone to speedrun. And I happened to see Whitwick speedrunning GTA 5. And so I started to speedrun that and stream that. And the rest is history. If you could speedrun any other game apart from GTA, what would it be? I can speedrun whatever I want whenever I want to. I assume you mean and be good at it. Like if I could snap my fingers and be good at a run. The answer would be just something else that's popular. Like Mario 64 or one of the Zeldas or one of the Dark Souls. Maybe that'd be the best Elden Ring speedrunner. Because at the end of the day, like, if you're very, very good at a game, it's very enjoyable to play it because you're very good at it, right? The negative aspects of being a streamer are that I cannot remember every person who has ever helped me, which feels disrespectful. So many people treat me with kindness and it's literally impossible to remember them all. And the second is the distorted perceptions that many people have of me that are entirely untrue and there's nothing that I can do about it. Both positive and negative, really. I would like people to know who I am and if you're going to like or hate me, to like or hate me for who I actually am, as opposed to some distorted perception of me. I've often said it disturbs me running across people talking about me and knowing that nothing they're saying is true and there being nothing I can do to change that. Like that's just a fact of the job, that there'll be people who believe false things about you and there's nothing that you can do to change their minds.
So we ended here, thank you for watching and joining me on my new channel. I wish you all the best.